It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Welcome, everyone, to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I thank each of you for listening today. You know, one of my favorite activities growing up was to go fishing with my dad. You know, either on the Root River or we'd take a day trip and fish the Mississippi. Sunday morning, my dad would offer us up, you know, kids, do you want to go fishing with him or church with mom? (laughs) Well, guess who would? I think we learned more about life's values and spiritual beliefs from Dad as we dropped our lines. And as kids, we listened to him share his life understandings and kind of his philosophy. So today, we're going to go fishing, but we're going to do it on Saturday. So tomorrow, you won't have to miss church. (laughs) That works well. (laughs) So as you no doubt know, we've been told that fish should be a regular part of our diet. Many studies have shown that people who eat regularly eat fish reduce their risk of dying from heart disease by more than one-third. Isn't that interesting? Eat fish, lower your risk of heart disease. Absolutely. So you have to ask yourself, how many times did, did I eat fish this past week? Hmm. So joining me this morning in our fish discussion is our co-host, Tamara Brown, uh, Tamara is a licensed dietitian with a master's degree in public health, and she's a registered dietitian. She's got all that stuff behind her. She's our deli detective, and that's more important. Yes, of course. <laughs> and she loves everything about food. You know, growing it, cooking it, uh, eating food. So, Tamara, welcome to the show. We're going to have fun Star. today, aren't we? We are. It's going to be a great show today. Um. So today we're going to be talking all about fish and the benefits of eating fish, how to buy fish, how to cook fish. And of course, as the deli detective, I love that. (laughs) Yes, you do. So um, health benefits of fish. Several research studies have linked fish consumption to lower levels of stroke, depression, Alzheimer's disease. And a very recent study even suggests that the omega-3 fatty acids found in fish like salmon, sardines, halibut, and trout helps to prevent colon cancer. So many benefits to eating fish. But I find clients confused about what fish to buy. You know, should they buy wild-caught or farm-raised? And then they want to know what is the best way to cook fish. So we've invited our answer man, Tim Lauer, and he's the general manager of Coastal Seafoods. And Tim is an expert not only on what fish to buy, but also on how to cook fish for the best taste. So welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. We're going to have fun. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yep, good. Good. So let's start throwing questions out. Okay, so Tim, this is a question that I hear from clients all the time. Is wild-caught fish better than farm-raised? I know I've heard that some wild-caught fish contain high levels of mercury, but farm-raised fish can possibly be infested with parasites and get over-treated with antibiotics. So what's the answer? Sure. Well, you know, the answer is... uh 
There is really great wild fish and there's really great farmed fish. And there are advantages to each of them. You know, I I like seasonal eating both for the aesthetic reasons and also for nutritional reasons. And in the middle of wild salmon season, which really starts basically in June and goes until October, you know, a great wild caught salmon is is one of life's joys and it's it's great for you. It it, you know, gets less expensive when there are more of them caught. And, and more available. The rest of the year, I think that farm-raised salmon, for instance, offers a great alternative. There really are some really, really responsible uh, farms that produce great quality fish and, and are nutritionally really beneficial and, and have great flavor and are really fresh. It's easier to get great farmed fish than it is great wild fish. So, you know, to me, there's a place for both. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Tim, I think most uh, people know that usually wild-caught is more expensive, right? In general, I would say yes, although there are peaks of the season, uh, particularly I would say midsummer, where we see so much great quality wild fish that the prices actually get more reasonable than farmed. And, you know, it depends. It's it's kind of like anything. It's, you know, what's the demand and what's the production of it? So. There are times uh, where certain rivers in Alaska produce great quantities of fish and have record seasons, and the prices get really reasonable, and that's a great time to enjoy the wild fish. Uh, There are other times, you know, there's a little bit of wild salmon now that we would sell at $30 a pound, and and it's just, you know, it's too much for most people. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. how can a person know when they go in and they say, okay, I'm not going to spend $30 a pound for wild caught, but I'm going to get salmon. Sure. So how can they know that they can buy farm raised, but it's not going to be full of antibiotics and contaminants and PBCs and all those things that we hear about? Yep. You you know, the more you can learn about the source of your fish, just like with anything, the better. You know, I, I always encourage customers to ask questions. You know, we're really, we try to be really educational about what we sell, where it comes from, how the farm raised it, you know, what kind of antibiotics, if any, were used, when they were used, what's the feed like, and all of that. And I say, go to your grocery store, you know, and ask those questions. If they don't know, ask them if they'll find out. You know, I guarantee you, you know, if you're the first person who asks, they probably won't know. But if you're the 10th, Okay. They'll find out. They'll so, ask their suppliers and they'll answer those questions. So typically if I went to a lo- my local grocery store and yep. we won't name any right sure. now. But and ask these questions, they should be able to answer these questions. Absolutely. In fact, they have, you know, they have by law they need to say where it's from and in some places now they also have to say whether it's farm raised or or wild. So there is more and more of a movement to define exactly where your food comes from and, and what's in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. So that, that, that's okay. So that gives people an idea of what they can do then. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's funny. I think in the fish business, there was an old fashioned idea that let's not tell anybody anything, which of course is the exact wrong way to build any business. And it, it's, uh, it's changing. It's taken a long time. I've been doing this for, 25 years, and I've seen, you know, a huge change already. But I would say, you know, a quarter of our customers come in and say, where is this from? How was it caught? You know, Mm -hmm. what, you know, what kind of environmental impact does it have? What kind of nutritional impact? Mm -hmm. But I would think that the people that come to Coastal Seafoods are probably uh, 
better informed buyers than maybe somebody that goes. I think that's true. I mean, I, I do think there's a, uh, a different clientele. But for instance, we sell to all the city's co-ops. And, and I know I get lots of calls mm-hmm. from customers and employees there saying, okay, we're okay. selling tilapia. That's farm raised. Why mm-hmm. is that okay? Okay. Or why isn't that okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where does it come from? And I, I think that is spreading out. I mean, I think you even see it. Restaurants have been slower, but I certainly have lots of talks with chefs and owners of restaurants saying, you know, I have a customer who complained we're selling this. Why are we selling this? And why why do you think that's okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I think in general, people are just more interested in food and they're more uh, looking for those answers. And it, it is spreading from the specialty food stores to like the general grocery stores. And I, I honestly, I think everybody should know that. I think if mm-hmm. you're going to sell fish, you should know how to, you know, tell people what to do with it and, and what's in it, why it's good for you, why you chose to sell that particular fish. Those are all great questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you, and you know, recently I, well, in for preparing for the show today, I did a little research, grocery shopped to see where the fish was coming from at some of the local chains. So like you mentioned, everywhere I went to, it was specifically labeled country of origin. Cool, it's called. Right, right. Okay. Which is the country of origin labeling. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So for example, some of the local grocery stores sell a Chilean salmon versus... Irish, Scottish, something like that. So our, what's the difference between those choices? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the Norwegians invented salmon farming as a commercial uh, operation maybe 40, 50 years ago. Oh, and, really? That's uh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And then they eventually ended up going to Chile, and the Chileans are the largest producers of farmed salmon in the world by far. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the way I talk about it, they are the commodity producers of salmon in the world. They produce a lot of it. They've gotten better over the years, but they also have uh, more fish density and, and in my opinion, use practices that aren't as good as some places in Canada or in, in Europe, uh, where there's more of an emphasis, particularly on Europe, on organic standards and things we don't have in this country yet. Mm-hmm. So, it is the least expensive salmon. It's gotten much better over the years. Uh, it's not, in my opinion, the best farm-raised salmon there mm-hmm. is. So, Tim, would you explain when, I mean, there has to be a reason behind that because you say it's not the best. Can sure. you just give listeners kind of a visual of what goes on in those? You bet. Um, a salmon farm, it's funny. I, the first time I went to them, I thought they were these giant operations. You'd hear about them, but they're not. They're not terribly large. Uh, They're in the middle of the ocean. The one I went to was about 10 miles out from land, and it's basically a floating raft. And there are nets that hold fish, and they are fed uh, twice a day in this case. And uh, uh, basically in in Chile, they feed, they have more fish per unit of water. They're more densely farmed. uh, And as such, they have more uh, of a uh, uh, a disease issue that can okay. get diseases spread between mm-hmm. different fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they use antibiotics in the feed uh, as well as inoculating the fish when they're little. Um, the farms can build up different problems. So there are chemicals used in the farms. Uh, they are geared to production. 
Okay. So they are large producers of salmon. Um, so what are they feeding those fish then? Okay. Actually, I hate to interrupt. It is time for a break. Okay. Right. So we will come back to this after the break. Great. Okay. Thanks. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company bringing you life-changing information. Over the past 20 years at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have seen a steady rise in clients wanting and needing to lose weight. We're often asked, how can you lose weight eating butter, nuts, and avocados? Well, let me tell you, some of my clients' weight loss numbers this past week. Now, this is just this past week. Uh, Jamie has lost 135 pounds over the last two to three years, and she's kept it off. I mean, she's kept it off for over two years now. Wow. Susan has lost over 100 pounds, and she's going for more. And May... This mom was coming in, too, so May lost six pounds last month. Uh, One of my other clients, Corinne, Corinne, lost 14 pounds last month. Carolyn has lost 58 pounds in the past year. So these are just a few of the success stories. People are losing weight eating real food. Uh, You know, the biggest complaint that I hear is, Dar, I can't eat all this food, (laughs) you know, because it's real food. No starvation, great energy, feeling emotionally strong. You know, we have classes and individual consultations to help. So either call us, uh, you know, we, you can do it in person or on the phone. So if you have questions for about fish this morning, I'm sure you're going to. Our number here is 651-641-1071. And we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Starting next week, March 1st, I can't believe it's March already, we are offering our 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss series in St. Paul, Edina, North Oaks, Wyzetta, Lakeville, and Andover. The fee for 12 one-hour classes, a nutrition manual, a cookbook, a Magic Within Me food journal, and two individual one-hour counseling sessions is only $4.99. Payment plans are available, so please call our office at 651-699-3438 to sign up or sign up online at our website, weightandwellness.com. So before we went on break, we were... Asking Tim, what are these farm-raised, especially in Chile, what are the, what do they feed them? Sure. Well, salmon need a protein-based diet, and it's usually uh, fish meal-based. So that is fish that are harvested, put in a pellet form, and some of them are mixed with things like uh, grains or, or vitamins. Uh, I think now they're about 30 to 40 percent protein-based pellets. And that's what they're fed in, in Chile. And, you know, just for example, there are farms that we buy from in, in the Shetland Islands in, in Scotland that are fed. They take uh, human-grade fish trimming. So when they're cutting cod, for instance, uh, fish that's left on the bones, things like that. And, and that's what they're fed. And that's, you know, to me, it's a little bit more what they were fed in the wild and it, it changes the flavor profile a little bit, and it also doesn't have any of the additives. And I think that's great. You know, to me, that's the ideal way to do it. It's a little bit more expensive. Uh, and, and you know, I think it's up to the individual consumer. Is that worth it or not? You know, but it is a, it's a different product. 
Well, you know, I would like you just said, uh, fish in the wild, they're not they're not eating grains. Are they're they? not. You know, they're not eating grains. They're not eating, eating antibiotics. Uh, the farms or the area they live in, they're not fed uh, anti-fouling agents for the nets in, in the water. Uh, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, there are any kind of farming is going to have an impact on the environment. Um, it's not a wild food, but there are a lot of things you can do to mitigate those those changes. And there are people more and more who are doing it in farming. And, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's great. And it's great to have a choice for the consumer, in mm-hmm. all honesty. I think mm-hmm. that that's, you know, to me, that's the key is, you know, you can you can say, you know, we sell uh, previously frozen wild salmon in the wintertime, and mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sell fresh farm-raised Salmon from Scotland, and I think that's great. And here are the differences. Mm-hmm. Here's some of the things I think about when I bring it home, and 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 you know, it's it's up to you what what's mm-hmm. important to you. Mm-hmm. So you know, Tim, I have a question. Sure. You know, there is a fish that I used to buy a lot back. You know, maybe twenty years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Orange roughy. Yeah, you bet. Um, it was. Uh, <laughs> Every grocery store ran specials yes. on Orange Ruffy. It's a, I could it's a it. uh, yeah. It, it became really inexpensive, and it it kind of followed a real typical cycle for fish, where it was introduced and uh, actually its original name was Slimehead, oh. and which wasn't probably the best uh, <laughs> the best marketing term. And uh, it had kind of an orange rough skin, and so the term Orange Ruffy came about. And okay. uh, there was a lot of it in the world, particularly from New Zealand and Australia, and and it was white and, and mild, and yes. people in the United States in particular really liked that. And, and uh, you know, it became very, very popular. And, and as it was more and more heavily fished, the uh, the uh, biomass kind of decreased and the prices increased. And, and uh, you can buy it now for $15, but it's just not sold very often because okay. it's uh, mm. not the same value it was when it was two ninety nine a pound. Okay, that's what yeah. happened yeah. to it. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. I thought maybe it was just not a good fish and they finally just took it off the market. No, <laughs> it just, you know, it followed that kind of... Uh, uh, boom and bust cycle that happens in in the food business. Uh-huh. You know, things get popular and and uh, are promoted, and then they disappear, and then they're not as popular. Yes, you know, for our listeners, you know, if um, you have a question for Tim, because I know when we're doing our weight and wellness classes, uh-huh. man, people have a lot of questions about oh, fish, yeah. and so call in, ask. It's uh, 651-641-1071, and get your personal question answered about fish. Yeah, I love questions. Good, because I have one for you. Good. (laughs) So a lot of the recipes that we use, like, for example, salmon salad or salmon patty, use canned salmon. Yep. Is this a good choice? You know, it is a good choice. It's something I think that used to be a little more popular. Certainly when I grew up, it was, uh, you know, canned salmon was a staple in the in the cupboards and sure. and uh, part of it has changed because we're we're able to get fresh and frozen salmon more easily than we used to be, you know. So, in some ways, I think the popularity of canned salmon has gone down a little bit just because people can get other forms. But it's great; it's just a cooked salmon product, mm-hmm. and it it uh, has great nutritional value. It's it's really great in salads and. And different prepared foods and, and things, casseroles, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good alternative. And is it usually wild? Because I know a lot of times on the, the can, that's what yep. it... It's always wild. Oh, and, okay. and the species can vary. You can get 
red is kind of the red or sockeyes are the best quality and and most expensive have the most flavor and then there there are different species used like silvers or cohos and mm-hmm. and pinks are kind of the least expensive and and pink salmon are generally canned so they're the mm. they're the ones you see on sale at the grocery store but tim what i hear from clients is it has bones in it <laughs> it does have bones in it you know and and uh bones are a funny thing some people in uh different ethnic groups really like bones you know the uh-huh. the uh and and other people i'm kind of bone phobic i i uh, i'm i'm anti bones <laughs> um, but uh at least in the canned salmon it's been cooked so the bones are usually pretty soft, soft and yes. they're not going to get caught in your throat or something like See, that. See, well, what we always tell people, eat the bones because they've got a good source of calcium. Calcium, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And there are, you know, I think there, you know, people, uh, like I say, in this country, we've gotten kind of used to, you know, boneless, skinless chicken breasts that yes. don't, you know, they don't really look like chicken anymore. And, and the same things happen with fish. People are used to boneless fillets that don't have skin, don't have bones, don't have bellies. And, you know, they look evenly caught, but that's not the way wild food is either. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, also that canned salmon, you know, there's that little dark area. Yep. Yep. What, what's that? That's the bloodline. And so that is where uh, fish pump oxygenated blood to their, to their muscles. And when you cook that, it kind of turns gray or brown mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's perfectly good for you. Some people find it has a little stronger flavor, but it's not in any way bad for you. It's just the, the bloodline. It's just where the Blood flows. Okay, in the fish. that isn't. I wasn't. I think I was under the misunderstanding that that was actually higher in omega three fatty acids. It is. You know. Oh, okay. No, you're right about that. And it is. Uh, you know, some people really like it. And you see it on fresh fish too, and mm-hmm. things like tuna have real big bloodlines that are really obvious. And um, you know, it's funny. We've had employees who really like the bloodlines and mm. and search them out. Has to me a little bit stronger flavor uh, than the rest of the fish, but it's very you know very good nutritionally. You're right. So as long as we're talking about canned fish, yes. Should we talk about tuna? Yes, or and actually, k- we a have caller? a caller question okay. on. Go ahead. Canned. Okay. We'll catch that caller. Dishing up nutrition. Do you have a question this morning? Good morning. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Oh, am I on the radio? You yes. are. You're oh. on the radio. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, after I got on, why he sort of was answering my question here, I was wondering about uh, canned salmon and canned tuna and their nutritional value. And you said that the pink salmon is least expensive. So is is that a good nutritional value? Yeah, it is. That's a great question. Um, it's a it's a it's a very very good nutritional level. Pink salmon are just very plentiful. They have a little bit less oil, a little less omega threes, and uh, they're not generally sold fresh or frozen. They're canned, but they're perfectly good. They just have a milder flavor and a little less oil to them. Oh, okay. That Excellent. I didn't know that either. Yep. Yeah, I have one other question. Um, I. I don't eat a lot of fish. I mm-hmm. don't really care for it too much. But I do take the fish oil capsules. Is that uh, just as beneficial? Well, you know, it's that's that's uh, it's not my area of expertise. I should say. <laughs> I, I, the well. Go you ahead, Dar. Yeah. You might be better. Than- you know, I think that you are actually getting your omega threes in fish oil capsules. You're missing the protein if the, if you were eating the fish, and then you would also get the omega threes. I do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think some people need more a lot of, little higher level of omega-3s than they can get from fish unless they're eating fish every day. 
That's why. Yeah. yeah the other thing I would tell you is, you know, I, I used to teach a lot of classes, cooking classes, and I loved when people would come in. Some people would come in and say, I don't like fish. And they would say, oh, my doctor sent me here or something like that. And I would recommend try, you know, a number of different kinds. You know, there are – there's a huge variety of tastes out there. So fresh tuna has – you know, a flavor almost more like beef or something like that, whereas things like tilapia have a, such a mild, flaky kind of flavor and, and texture. Um, I bet we can find something that you'll like. I think mm-hmm. so, too. Absolutely. I think in Minnesota, we just are not used to eating fish as often, even though we've got <laughs> yep. all these lakes. <laughs> yep. No, that's exactly right. I mean, a lot of the things you see in the market now, none of us grew up with. You know, it wasn't like we saw Opa in the uh, corner grocery store when we grew up, and uh, so there's really a lot of a lot of different kinds for you to try. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for your question, and it is time for another break. Okay, so you know I think that um, Tim, when we when we come back, uh, the the lady did have a little question on tuna, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going to to actually. Great. Get to that question too. But you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and here's some interesting fact. By the time you get thirsty, you are already dehydrated. Many people are walking around with signs and symptoms of dehydration headaches, stomach aches, foggy brains, itchy skins, food cravings, hunger, and fatigue. It is the leading cause of daytime fatigue, just lacking water. Can you believe hmm. that? So we recommend drinking at least 10 glasses of filtered water daily. So again, if you have a question for Tim, it is 651-641-1071. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low carb or low fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Tamara Brown, registered dietitian, and I am here with Darlene Kvist, licensed nutritionist, and our special guest this morning, Tim Lauer, general manager and fish expert from Coastal Seafoods. Dar always has some interesting facts to share, and I have a couple of interesting facts about vitamin D. If you are experiencing low moods, wanting to sleep more, and craving carbs, you may be deficient in vitamin D. Also, if you are a head sweater, you may be low in vitamin D. Isn't that interesting? Head sweater. That is. Uh-huh. <laughs> a simple blood test will give you the answer. Most re- researchers have found that over 80% of the population is deficient in vitamin D. Yes. So Indeed. we have lots of callers, don't we? We do. So let's take some. Okay. Dishing up nutrition. Do you have a question this morning? Good morning. 
Good morning. Hello. Hello. Brady, are you there? Oh, looks like Brady. Uh, hunt- oh, uh, there yeah. he is. Um, I'm able to allergy to fish. Okay. Uh-huh. Do you have any recommendations to get the nutrition nutri- nutrients from that? Well, you know, if you're, and I've had a couple of clients that are allergic to fish. Um, you know, so you really can't do omega three fish oil either. But I'm sure right. you could do to get the essential fatty acid. I'm pretty sure you could do uh, something that's called DHA, which is part of omega threes, but it doesn't come from fish. It comes from algae that the fish eats. So that's another source of an excellent omega-3. And actually, it is the same omega-3 that is in breast milk. It's also the main omega-3 that's in our brain and in our retina of our eye. So it's a good source. Um, and they actually, they're putting it in baby formula now. So that's something you could try at least. I'm sure okay. you probably would not be allergic to it. Okay? Thank you. Thanks Thank you. for calling this sure. morning. Yep. That one I could take, Tim. Good, because I don't think I could. <laughs> but good. So we got more callers. You. Good morning. Dishing up nutrition. Hello there. Hello. Am I on? Yes, yes. you are. Um, my name is Barb, and um, I have a question about tilapia. Great. I've been dieting, and it's a fish that's relatively inexpensive and um, easy to fix, and. I've been eating a lot of it. <laughs> yep, it's you know really like grown night. in popularity a lot. Yep, pardon me. It's grown in popularity tremendously over the last five to ten years. Yeah, is it safe? It is safe. You know, I here's what I look for with tilapia. Um, I want tilapia that is farm raised either in the United States, which is admittedly difficult to find, or tilapia that's farm raised in places like Costa Rica, Honduras. Ecuador. Um, I don't, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say I don't ever want Chinese tilapia, but I am less likely to want Chinese tilapia. There are farms in China that do a great job, but there are a lot that don't. And, and without knowing those specifics, for me, uh, my first choice is, is U.S. farm-raised tilapia, and my second choice is places like Costa Rica and Ecuador, Honduras. We sell a great Costa Rica tilapia and it's wonderful and it's inexpensive and it's, you know, in portion sizes, it's boneless and skinless and it's ready to go and it, it works really well. So tell us, how long does it take to grow ta- tilapia? One of the reasons they're such a success is that they grow to, to uh, market size in six to 12 months. So it's a really quick thing to grow, mm-hmm. you know, where salmon takes four to seven years to grow to market size and some mm-hmm. things like farmery sturgeon take 15 to 20 years, you know, tilapia is real quick. And they're also uh, omnivorous, so they can eat a vegetable-based diet. They can eat protein. They can eat um, scraps from produce. Okay. Uh, they, they eat a lot of different things. So they're an ideal farm-raised species. Okay. Well, Interesting. good. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Great question. Yeah, good question, Barb. Thank you Thank for calling. You. Thanks. Okay. Let's take another caller. All right. Good morning, Rick. Yes. I have a question on the skin of the fish. Sure. Salmon, walleye, sunfish. Yep. Um, Should we eat it, not eat it? Sure. Let me know. Help me out here. Oh, I will. I'll try. Anyways, um, I love skin on fish. I think it, especially when you cook things, you grill it or bake it or or saute it where it gets crispy. It's a really nice texture. 
Uh, a lot of the fatty acids are right under the skin, so health-wise, it's a really good part of the fish to eat. If people are concerned, like people who sport fish a lot and catch things like large lake trout, like long-lived predatory fish that can build up uh, PCBs and things like that, generally, in that case, if you're going to eat a lot of it regularly, taking the skin off is probably a good idea because that's where a lot of the the uh, heavy metals and things coagulate in. But other than that, um, I always leave the skin on. I think it's great. You know, you can ask your fishmonger to scale the fish so that you don't get the scale issue. Some fish like trout or salmon barely have scales, but others have kind of bigger scales. But I think the skin is great. That that was a great question. I would have never never thought of that one. Good question. Yeah. Absolutely. We're learning a lot this morning. We are. Okay. (laughs) You're going to have to revise your (laughs) newsletter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Should we take another caller? Sure. Okay. Good morning. Dishing up nutrition. Uh, Good morning. Are you talking to me? Yes. Yes. um, My name is Sharon. And I do like fish. I like fish a lot, except that with all the publicity about the mercury and the PBCs and sure. the antibiotics and the farm raise, I'm, I'm afraid of it. I don't know. Um, I eat it several times a week, but I'm, I'm afraid to do that. Well, how much fish is safe to eat and which fish are safe to eat? That's, that's, that's a tremendous question. It um, is. Yeah. And it is. It's a funny thing because you, you hear, you know, like everything, negative news kind of is more popular than positive news. Um, I think if you... Look overall at what dietitians and doctors recommend. Virtually everybody recommends fish being a regular part of your diet. Um, if you're concerned about uh, mercury and things like that, vary your diet. You know, when my oldest daughter was pregnant, she, you know, she would come pick up fish and she said, "Can I eat farm salmon?" My answer was, "Absolutely. It's great for it's great for you. It's great for postpartum depression. It's great for a lot of different things." Um, I wouldn't eat the same fish every day for the rest of my life. Uh, I wouldn't want to. And I, I think from a nutritional standpoint, it's great to vary it. So um, I would just say feel free to eat it. The benefits far outweigh any negative uh, impact. But vary your diet. You know, if you love things like swordfish that people worry about being long-lived and predatory animals – Eat swordfish once a week, eat swordfish once a month, and and mix in other fish. So um, I really wouldn't have any hesitation to tell you to eat as much fish as you you want, Uh, but I would just say vary your diet. So, Tim, now I have a question. Sure. uh, If your daughter who was was pregnant, pregnant, if if she she asked that question about tuna, what would you say? I'd say the same thing, you know, and, and canned tuna in particular. I think the uh, the light tuna has a little bit higher mercury content. It's still, I believe, in in on average, less than one tenth of what the recommended actionable level uh, is. Uh, and I I would also say, you know, vary your diet. Don't you know? I had a friend who would eat canned tuna every day, and I think, well. No, that doesn't you know, make any it, sense. It probably doesn't make sense from a lot of different reasons, right? right. You know. Well, I think you um, know. You know, Weight Watchers sort of got people doing that. Yeah, I bet the, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that it was a go-to diet food, right? And I think you know, most of us don't want to eat that way. It's not very rewarding from a lot of standpoints, yeah. no. and yeah. and and probably health-wise, it's not the best either. 
but I would have no hesitation in, in doing that at all. And, and uh, I would just say, you know, vary your diet like you kind of naturally would want to anyways. Well, tilapia must be very low in mercury. It is. It is very low in mercury. And, you know, there are things, you know, the mercury issue is kind of a funny issue because people worry about mercury and salmon, and yet it's been proven that salmon also have selenium, and selenium inhibits the absorption of mercury in your body. So uh, even a lot of the concerns about mercury are really vastly overstated. And somebody who eats a regular diet, not subsisting on the same fish every day, um, is really not going to have any issue with it at all. Can I ask a, an additional question? Sure, sure. I'm just thinking Please. of, and that is, what about shellfish? What about crab and... Um, Same thing. It's great. Yep. Uh, great. Some of it have uh, slightly higher levels of cholesterol uh, than others, but um, I love shellfish. It's really, uh, I think it's underutilized. It's often kind of a bargain, and uh, it's something that... Is it's really you know flexible in terms of cooking and what you do with it? It's really quick, and I, I would say go ahead. So I don't have to be afraid of that. Don't either. be afraid. Oh, don't great enjoy it. Okay. Thank Excellent. You. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Yeah, great questions for us today. Well, we have to take a break, don't we? Yes, we do. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, have you noticed the more processed carbs and sugars you eat, the most car- the more carbs and sugars you want to eat. You know. A doctor that was interviewed on Dr. Oz's show recently explained that the same area of the brain lights up when we eat sugar as when we ingest cocaine. And I don't know, Hmm. I don't think many of our listeners are doing that, (laughs) but sugar and processed carbs are highly addictive and eating some processed carbs leads to craving more processed carbs. Yes. So we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We want to thank Tim Lauer for coming in today and sharing his expertise. It's been a wonderful show, so thank you. And I also want to let people know that an upcoming nutritional weight and wellness newsletter all about fish that I wrote, thanks to the help of Tim, is coming out in the next couple weeks. So if you don't already get the nutritional weight and wellness newsletter, you can sign up online and it will appear in your inbox. Also, we have a recipe from Tim, baked Arctic char with pineapple salsa. And you can find this on our website, weightandwellness.com. And Tim, do you want to talk a little bit about your recipe? Sure. Um, You know, Arctic char is a farm-raised mostly farm-raised species, and it's uh, one of the best in terms of environmental impact. It uh, has a very low impact, and it grows pretty quickly. It's it's kind of a salmon flavor, only a little bit milder, a little smaller fish, and it goes great with fruits, and, and I think this recipe is really uh, it's really easy, and it's, it's fancy enough for a dinner party, but it's also quick enough just to do when you get home from work, and it's really... I think fruit goes great with fish. I like okay. that combination a lot. Okay. So we have some just general questions. Good. Okay. How do you know if a piece of fish is fresh? Great. How can you pick? The most important thing, in yes. my opinion. Yes. Um, nobody likes to eat fish that isn't fresh. And when people tell me they don't like fish, a lot of times that's what, what it is, mm. is people have had bad fish, and I don't like bad fish either. Good quality fresh fish should smell either not at all or should have a pleasant smell. So things like halibut really smell almost piney, almost like a forest. And salmon has kind of a cucumbery smell. Uh, But when I smell it, and that's the first thing I do, uh, is to smell it, 
I want to get a nice smell. Um, looking at it, it should be bright and shiny. should look firm. Uh, if you can touch the fish, it should rebound quickly when you touch it. Uh, go to the grocery store, look at the fish in the case. You'll see some look bright and shiny and clean, and, and those are all good qualities. Some will look duller. Um, some will look brown or gray. Those are almost always bad colors in fish. Fish that are red, like tunas or salmon, orange, should be bright colors. Uh, when I see white fish like halibut or cod or tilapia, I don't want to see any browning or graying in there. If you can see the blood areas of the fish, um, I want that to be red. You know, it, it'll oxidize mm-hmm. with time sure. and get brown. And, and those, if you follow those really simple things, you'll get great tasting fish. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Should we ask them a question about how do you fix it once Absolutely. you Great. once you buy it? Yep. And then you you have to get it home. Yep. And you know I I'm really picky about that. I live about eight minutes from work, and I put a uh, a bag of ice or it's called a gel pack in with my fish on the way home, even in winter time, because. Although it's cold outside, the car is not hopefully as cold as it is outside. <laughs> and and temperature is really important for storing fish. Uh, just ask your grocery store or ask your fishmonger to put a, uh, a little bit of ice in a bag and okay. take it home that way. Um, in my opinion, simple is best with fish. You know, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, most fish is pretty delicate flavored and you can really overpower the, the, the taste of fish. Fish cooks quickly. One of the biggest problems people have is they think they're cooking uh, beef or pork because that's what they're more used to or Mm -hmm. chicken and roasting it for an hour. Fish cooks by the thickness. So about 8 to 10 minutes per inch of thickness is great. Uh, Baking is really simple and works for almost anything. I use a pretty hot oven, more like 450. And, and, you know, you can do something as simple as putting a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, a little lemon juice on the fish. You can do... Any kind of fresh or dried herbs work great. Uh, sautéing is another easy method. If you don't want to do that, poaching is something that people use more and more and I think works really well. You can poach in, in water or wine or, or, or apple juice, anything like that will impart kind of a delicate flavor to the fish. Uh, fish is done when it turns from translucent to opaque all the way through. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, there are people who like to undercook their fish a little bit. Um, I like to, I guess I, I would say I like to have the fish cooked but not overcooked. Okay. And I watch it pretty carefully. I think that's probably the number one thing people have problems with is they're used to cooking something and they don't believe it's so quick. Uh, but really, you know, a, a filet of tilapia will bake for three or four minutes at 450 degrees mm-hmm. and be done. And that's... Okay, three or four you know, minutes. Yeah, it's something which is not used to. In some ways, no, it's the yeah. ideal convenience food. It is. You mm-hmm. know, um, even a, a pretty large salmon filet in eight to 10 minutes, you know, I, I, right. I you know, bring it home, put a little bit of mustard on, a little bit of olive oil and, and bake it. And mm-hmm. 10 minutes later, dinner's done. So there we have all these people that say they don't have time to cook. Exactly. Yeah, it really, no, it really is. You know, people don't think about it that way, but it's really, there's almost nothing you can do for fish that takes longer than 15 minutes, Hmm. you know? Wow. So Good. That's great. So let's see. Tim, is there any other thing that you can think of that uh, people uh, ask you all the time? Sure. You know, people are very interested in the sustainability issues now with fish. Um 
you know, we have learned a lot over the last just I've been in this business 25 years. And I would say in the last 10 years, people have just been asking that question more and more and more. And we realize our resources are finite in the mm-hmm. world. You mm-hmm. know, um, the salmon harvests go up and down every year, but they're basically at their you know, we're utilizing the wild salmon as much as we can. So it's very important for people to know how stocks and sustainability issues are being managed. And it's something that, you know, ask, I guess, like anything else, there are um, a variety of opinions. The, you know, online makes it really easy. Now you can, I, the other day I Googled sustainability and salmon, and it's amazing what comes up mm. in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously there's different opinions, but you get a really good basic knowledge. Uh, a lot of people use the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch site for finding things like that out. You know, there's a number of competing sites that do a good job uh, with certain things, and the, they'll tell you what what's sustainable and what isn't. But there, it's constantly changing. We're getting better and better at things like farm-raising fish in sustainable ways that have less of an environmental impact and produce better better quality fish. So I think that's really something that, you know, people should feel free to ask. I always encourage people, you know, there's no, there's no bad question. Fish isn't something that most of us grew up with. It's not like, you know, most of the employees we hire didn't grow up around that and we have to right. train them mm-hmm. and and it's true with consumers too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do we have any? Well, yeah. Can we, we take have a, a question? Couple minutes. Or? Absolutely. Let's Great. take a caller. Okay. Good. Luann, good morning. Good morning. Do you have a question for us today? I have a question about sardines. I um, took some of your classes, and I learned to like sardines. And I started, and then I started recently eating them every day for breakfast, which then I felt wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel a little worried about eating them every day. So I just wanted to to ask about um, the you know the nutritional value of sardines and anything you know want to say about sardines and then about eating them every day. Well, I know our answer would be sardines are great. They're they're high in omega three fatty acids, um, and they're a small fish, yep. so they should be free of contaminants. Yeah, and you know a lot of places in the world, we, it's it's something that's not. It's common here, but a lot of places in Europe, sardines are a very important food fish, mm-hmm. and they're really esteemed as a, as a gourmet food item. You know, we mm-hmm. have a lot of Europeans who come in and ask for whole sardines, for instance, and, you know, it's, it's, I think it's great. Okay, there. Yeah. See, you can stay healthy. Keep doing it. <laughs> can you eat them every day? Sure, you can eat them every day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. It's not this. He was talking about vary your diet. Yeah, you know, I think in general, varying your diet is a great, a great ideal. Um, there are things like tuna that are large and long lived and predatory that can build up things like mercury, and and that you want to kind of not do all the time. Sardines are are more uh, they're they're easier to do every day like that. Oh, okay. Wonderful. All right. Yep. Yeah. Thank you very much. They, thank Thanks. you. Tim. Thank you for calling in. Yep. Thank you for the show, everyone. Yes, great Thank show. You. Thank you.